Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Our program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. And I want to thank Peter for becoming our latest Patreon uh, supporter at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Uh, You can become one of our monthly ongoing supporters at patreon.greatdetectives.net or if you like, you could send along a one-time donation at support.greatdetectives.net. Well, now we're going to get into the new series of Richard Diamond, this time with a sponsor, and that sponsor is Rexall Stores, which a listener uh, advised me is are actually getting really big in Canada, and I remember them from uh, Montana, don't see them around much here in Idaho, but at any rate, the original air date on this program is June the 14th of 1950. This one is the William Carnes case, and I will warn you in advance, the audio quality is not that great, particularly when compared to the quality of episodes we were getting during the uh, uh, network sustained runs. So just be advised of that. Anyway, let's go ahead and we'll take a listen. Listen, while the makers of Rexall drug products and 10,000 independent Rexall family druggists bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, private detective. Independent brothers who have made the word Rexall part of our own store name. And who recommend and sell the 2,000 or more drug products made for the Rexall Drug Company. Like Rexall Milk of Magnesia, for example. Here's a milk of magnesia, so pure, so mild, so creamy, smooth, and free from earthy grittiness, even children taste the difference. Ask for Rexall Milk of Magnesia at Rexall Drug Stores everywhere. And remember, 
You can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. Now your Rexall family druggist brings you another exciting half hour with Richard Diamond, private detective, starring Dick Powell. Roger Blake walks in, offers me the total sum of 1,000 iron men to locate $800,000 in missing jewels. Things start confusing me. I have a habit of putting myself in a prospective client's place and then asking the simple question, why? I decided if I were Mr. Roger Blake, I might gladly pay $1,000 for a chance at an $800,000 jackpot. I headed to the 5th Precinct Police Station to do some checking. Oh, hello, Rick. Hello, Murph. Uh, where's Otis? In with the lieutenant. I'm taking over for the next couple of days. Taking over? What's the matter with Otis? Oh, he's leaving town tomorrow morning. Expedition job. Expedition job? Otis? Otis. Wouldn't by any chance be Cuba? Certainly would. How'd you know? 
Well, he can't be going down there to bring back a criminal. That'd be a spot of gorilla or something. Somebody he can talk to. He in with the lieutenant? Yeah, go ahead. Let me know what you find out. Oh, what difference does it make? Who's going to believe it anyway? You don't have to speak the language, Hornhead. Somebody will be there to meet you. Oh, hello, Rick. Well, good afternoon, Lieutenant. Uh, how are you, Sergeant O. Uh, Lovelune? Uh, como esta buino, Michael? Oh. oh, an accent from a Pochettefier. By way of explanation. Oh, this is going to Cuba. How did you find out? Merck told me. I'll have his badge outside of this office to be considered nothing but an unthrower. But I am going. I look Yes, back. you am. I uh, am. the wall. Don't look at me, Rick. It's the commissioner. I've sent the police the kindness up there to see him unofficially, of course. The old man told you to send over Right over that intercom. Well, he must have given you a reason. That's like blowing up Boulder Dam to take a shower. Now, what kind of a remark is that, Thomas? I've been trying to think of that all day. Otis, go home and start packing. I'm packed. You just found out about this morning. How can you be packed? Well, it's a package of San Santa Rosa Blue Jay Corn Plasters and his book on 301 Things a Bright Boy Can Do. He's packed. Okay, okay. You'll leave tomorrow afternoon. Go get your papers. Right, Lieutenant. After we are still, Oh. Who did you say he was going to bring back? William Carnes. You remember him. We got a tip he was hiding out in Cuba, and we had the authorities down there pick him up. They're holding him in the uh, the jail in Havana? Yeah. Hmm. Do me a favor, will you? Oh, damn. Check on a guy named Roger Blake. Supposed to be a vice president of a firm called Intercontinental in Bondi. Anything special? Oh, background. Anything you can find out. I need it today. I'm going uh, to take a little vacation myself. Starting this evening. Yeah? Why don't you go along with Otis? You'll be nice this time of year. You can help him keep his brains on one lump. Uh, Cuba sounds great, but you know me, Walt. Where would I get enough money to take a trip like that? Diamond talking. Uh, Walt, uh, nothing wrong with Roger Blank, Rick. Hmm? The vice president of the Bonding Corporation, like you said, married once, wife died four years ago. Has a brother somewhere in the West, William Blake. Nothing on him. What else? Well, let's say, uh, vacations in Florida every year about this time. Used to be in charge of the Cuban office of Intercontinental, whatever that is. And, and, and you working for him? Uh-uh, you get a nosy now. Well, uh, he's got a good record. Gambles a lot when he's out in Florida, but who doesn't? How about his financial statement? Not bad, not good. He's got about 15000 in the bank. Okay, thanks. I'm in a rush, Walt. Well, have a good time. You'll hear all about it. I grabbed my plane okay, and six hours later, we dropped down for a landing at the Havana Airport. I checked in the customs, and being able to abla enough Espanol, I got a tip-hungry cabby to take me to one of the better hotels, $3 a night. I got a good night's sleep, and bright and early the next morning, went over to the local Bastille. After not too much effort, I was able to visit William Carnes and his jail cell. Someone to see you, Mr. Carnes. Well, I'm just making a new part of tea. You can call when you are finished, senor. Hello, Carnes. You the cop come down and take me back? No. I understand he won't be here until late this afternoon. Well, who are you? Seems to be no privacy even in jail. Name's Diamond. I'm a novelist. Yeah, I was in Havana, and I heard you were going to be extradited. I thought you might have an interesting story. I'll bet you did. I uh, understand you're wanted for two counts of forgery. Oh, you do, huh? 
No story. No story. <laughs> okay, Ponto, move, or I sit you again. He, he, I move. I hey, move. What's going on out there? I don't know. You think you can go kind of tail? When? Well, I'm Mason. When? This is a cell. What do you want? What's the idea of a knife? I want you out of this lousy jail, senor. The idea of the knife is to slit this pig's throat if he do not open your cell. <laughs> you will open it now? See, 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 open it. He held the knife to the jailer's throat while the door was open. He was dressed in what used to be a white Panama suit. He stood about five feet four, weighing in around 200. On his feet, he wore sandals that looked like he'd stayed up nights during Hosen. On top of his head, covering his shaggy black hair, was a straw hat, and stuck in his fat lip was a long black cheroot. Between the smell of garlic and cigar smoke, I began to feel what it might be like to come face to face with a bilious dragon. And your kind... Ramon, Ramon, who's that? Hey, friend. You go now, Ponce. Now, look, fella, I am. You go too, senor. If I had time, I would let everybody out. I don't get your angle, but I'm not squawking, okay? Thanks. Then, now, you get in the cell, jailer. Senor Diamond, you want to squawk. That's exactly what I did. I don't think it was a dirt. I had a 38 under my arm that could have caused a lot of trouble, but I wanted to try and tail Carnes. Knowing that the law was on the way to picking up, Carnes might have head for the jewels and try to get out of the country. I went out of that building like a homesick jackrabbit, and I lapped Carnes ducking into a building about halfway down the street. The sign over the door read, Eduardo, Havana, Brooklyn, to pay. Made me feel right at home, so I slowed down to a sprint and went in. Listening to Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Brought to you by the makers of Rexall Drug Products and your Rexall Family Drug. And here he is. Whenever warm weather rolls around, people start talking about air conditioning, and I start talking about the air conditioned aspirin tablet. You mean Rexall aspirin? Exactly, ma'am. Well, why do you say it's an air conditioned aspirin tablet? Well, it's the extremely low moisture content of Rexall aspirin that makes it break up so quickly. And in order to keep it that way, Rexall aspirin is compounded in specially sealed air-conditioned rooms where the humidity and temperature are kept at ideal levels. That's one reason why Rexall aspirin, when followed with water, disintegrates even before it reaches your stomach. Well, that's good enough for me. And it's good enough for 10,000 independent family druggers, too. Quality like that is what we're talking about when we tell you you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Now back to tonight's adventure with Richard Diamond, private detective, starring Dick Powell. The bar room in Eduardo's Havana, Brooklyn, cafe was small and dark. Carnes was nowhere in sight, so I walked over to a long bar and watched the lazy bartender move slowly up the counter with a wet bar rag. Something for you, Mark? Uh, yeah, yeah. You American? Yeah. So I got sold on Fiesta. Where did the guy go who came in here just before I did? I didn't see no one. Now, look, look, a guy by the name of Carnes just romped in here, and he didn't go back out the front door. Are you going to tell me where he went, or I'm going to fix it up so you take your siesta early? You know, friend, I got a bunch of bottles back see? Good, good. Line them up. I'll see if I can shoot the torch out. 
You win, Max. Don's up to see Maria. She thinks in the evening. Go at the top of the stairs. I took off up the stairs like the V1 and didn't remember to knock at Maria's door. I went in, and there, standing in the middle of the room, was the best reason I could think of for upholding the good neighbor policy. Her south of the border, plus her north of the border. Well, it's gorgeous geography. Yes? Yes, uh, Where's Khan? Don't you think it would have been more polite to knock? Now, baby, I'm in a hurry. Sometimes I get so wound up, I forget my manners. Now, where's Khan? I don't know who you are talking about. Where did he go? Who is Senor? Honey, honey, now listen. I just had trouble with a bartender. He said time came up here to see you. Okay, now I got you. I still need time. So shall I start convincing you two? How do you propose to convince me? Well, uh, right now time's important. Five hundred dollars worth finished. For five fees, I might even become a bully and start twisting arms. I'm not going to tell you what to find time. But as much as it hurts me, I'll have to twist your arm. You're yes. not twisting very hard. Oh, well, my mind was on something else. Marley? No, it was about that 500 I was going to get for bringing in time. Yes. I really don't need all. No? No. You, uh, you like times a lot? Yes. You're the best one around. Oh. Why? Oh, I could get along in half the 500. I could get along on a lot less. Will you come back? Uh, where can I find time? You could leave the 250 now. Just to make sure you come back, of course. I could leave 100 just to make sure you give me the right address, of course. No more address of another portfolio. No, thanks. Hold your 200. I trust you. When you come back, you can bring everything. I may be bald, I think my hair just caught on fire. I left before the room filled up with smoke and went down to the bartender again. He told me where to find Avenida Posterio. The back entrance to the cafe opened on it. It was a dead-end street. A half block down, I found Romero Three, a hired building all slumped down. I quietly tried the door, finding it locked. I knocked so quietly, braced myself against the fire wall and took off like an erratic tile driver. I had to make it full the first time I hit it. It did. And I sprawled in just in time to see Times die for a dressed draw. He stopped cold and he saw the 38 in my hand. Okay, okay. Don't shoot. All right now, happy fingers. I want to let you get through frisky. Well, right. You're carrying a funny tool. Yeah, and it writes in lead on all six cylinders. Where's the stuff? Now get with it. You know about it? Yes, I know about the jewels. Come on, now give. Well, can't we make a deal? There's 800000 in cash, see? Right here in the desk. You can get at least 500 grand at a fence. And 250 yards. Oh, my itching palm. What have you think that's going to happen to me? <laughs> <laughs> Do not worry about it, senor. Well, what is it? <laughs> As I say, senor, do not worry about the jewels, now. I and my 45 will take all the responsibility. Hand me your pistola, senor. Hmm? Now... I don't get it. First you bust me on the string, then you come in here. Oh, you got it now? He brings me and I bird dog him to the juice. Well, I did not know what you would lead me to, senor, but I am one happy man. It's so not easy. Give them up and put them in my hat, senor. 
Uh, fat boy, you, you said a friend sent you to get times out. No, 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 not my friend. Friend of Senor Time. I think he had good reason for wanting him out of jail, so I follow. And I'm smart, you heard that? And you reach now, uh, and this is yours, you know? Oh, oh, here you are. Right, yeah. I don't think he should come after me for a while. I, <laughs> Look, pretty good, huh? <laughs> Adios, senor, and once more, sir. <laughs> Times and I both went to the gun in that dresser drawer like a mace with a gin bottle. It was bargain day in Klein's basement until Times decided to pick up a piece of the metal bed post and start me on the fiesta habit. <laughs> and I finally came around. Well, I done it. Well done. I'd lost the 800,000 in jewels, William Time, and enough blood from my scalp wound to make a vampire to a shotty. I stumbled out of the building and put in a call to the plaza in Miami. Before I could take a maraca, Mr. Roger Blake was on the pipe. Yes? Well, Mr. Blake, this is Diamond. Yes, Diamond. I, uh, I was in touch with the, uh, the party you sent me to see and took me to, uh, to the item you wanted me to get hold of. Well? Uh, a big bundle of garlic speaking broken English and saying Pistola is now in possession of the item. You mean you had to, uh, and you let someone take them away from you? Yes, yes. There's something bothering me. I wonder who gave you that tip. Maybe they tipped the Cuban wino who swiped the item from me. That way I can locate the guy and maybe still earn my other 500. Well, get the whole thing, Diamond. What? Keep the original 500 and go on home. Just forget everything. You understand? Yeah, yeah. Goodbye, Mr. Blake. I really didn't understand much except that a very bad smell was beginning to creep over from Denmark and land in Havana. I couldn't put my finger on it, but something was really wrong. I thought the thing out and then put in calls to all the ticket offices in Miami. I got the answer I wanted. United Airlines in Miami said a Mr. Roger Blake had booked passage and was due in Havana at five that evening. I was waiting at the airport when Mr. Roger Blake, as big as life, stepped down to the big transport and I trailed him out of the cab stand. He climbed in a hack and took off with my cab right behind. Blake's cab reached the outskirts of town and stopped on the third street, fronted by Adobe Building. I had my cab pull up a safe distance behind and got out. Blake went up to one of the buildings and knocked on the door. Someone let him in, and I went around back to find a way to get in. I found it in the form of an open window. I could hear voices coming from the front of the place. I'm certainly glad to see you, Senor Blake. Can I get you some batardi or something? You can stay right there. Tell me where they are, one with the auto. I slipped quietly in and started moving in that general direction. It was thick dark. I made like a bat, feeding the walls and hoping I wouldn't bump into something. Through a crack in the door, I could spot two people. Mr. Roger Blake and short, fat, and dangerous himself. I want the jewels, one. So do I, Senor, and I. I do not do them unless you want to pay me for it. I've already paid you well. Mm-hmm. You get Senor Pons out of jail. Yes, okay, I did that. Well, then I warn you. No, you do not warn me, Senor. I don't care of you. That's what I heard. It. Some copycat climbed in the same window I had was heading to the front of the house. While Juan and Blake continued to argue, I ducked into the shadows to the side of the door and waited. I didn't have to wait long to let much William Times and his hand was the third shoe we'd wrestled over earlier. He poked the muzzle of the gun into the room and went in after it. Roger Blake turned to meet him, and for the first time I saw the gun in Blake's hand. They both froze, keeping their sights on each other's breakfast. Juan took on a swamp alligator smile and sat out to watch. Well, William, 
I am so glad to see you again. I'll bet you are. Better drop the gun. My dear. He who is your brother? Senor Sanchez is your brother? We don't brag about it. Especially when one of us is a cheat. And the others are no good double-crossing louse. You get the police that I was in of. <laughs> what do you say? Hey, if you're brothers, how come your name Barnes and your name Blake? I huh? changed mine a long time ago when I got into some trouble. I didn't want to ruin my beloved brother's reputation. Then your Blake got a good reputation. <laughs> he hired me to get you out of jail so that diamond fellow could follow you. He said nothing about the jewels, but I knew Senor Blake when he used to work in Havana. You could not trust him. Right. I hire one to do a job properly. Senor Carnes has his jewels. Half of them were supposed to be. Mother, look me up and ask me to see. Oh, you're right, slice them and forgot that spread. So what? Well, you got it. Point for nothing. Little mistake. One who has his jewels and I am not giving to anyone. Well, I might as well get in on this. All the options free. Carnes turned inside his luck. I felt the bullet pipe my hair and hit the linoleum. Carnes was aiming again, but he forgot to figure three things. His brother, his brother's nasty disposition, and the gun his brother was aiming at him. Carnes took the slug right around the belt line and went down like a punctured zeppelin. He must have cut his spine in two because he folded up the sheet. Then Blake decided to add me and play for a pair. And just as he started to squeeze the trigger, I saw one reach back to his collar. His arm hit down in the blurred half hour. And before Blake could nail me, he was trying to squirm away from the 10 inch knife that made a great chasm between his shoulder blades. I grabbed his gun quickly and covered one. Well, they did not love each other, these two. Ah, I threw pretty good, eh? Yeah, yeah, thanks, one. Okay. I suppose you're going to want to jail too, aren't you? That's right. Would you consider what you call the uh, partnership? Afraid not. Mm. And the jewel? Turning him over to the constabulary. Oh, senor. That's the truth. Mm, okay. And me? Well, you, uh, you killed man. Well, I say, you're alive. I'm not the police, so I can't arrest you. And, uh, I would think a long time before I'd shoot a man who saved my life. Oh, you would. But I warn you, don't try to make a break for it. Oh, I think I've got to. I do not want to stay in jail. The jewels are in my heart. I leave them in the middle of the corridor. Come back, one. Stop her out. Hmm, miss. Well, Maria will understand. I found the phone and explained the whole situation to the local chief of police who was just leaving to meet one Sergeant Otis Lovelone arriving on the 7 o'clock plane from New York. I got out because in my blood was the call of the wild goose, and in 20 minutes I was sitting in Maria's room over the cafe. I'm glad you came back to me. I didn't get that extra 500. Oh, Jim, I'm really glad. Because you must have come back just because you wanted to see me. Well, yes, I had something to do with it. You like me to play to you? Oh, sure. Love it, love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, love it, love it. Bechame. Bechame mucho. And I cling to your kiss, I hear music divine. Bechame mucho, hold me, my darling, and say that you'll always be mine. 
This joy is something new. My arms enfolding you. Never knew this thrill before. Whoever thought I'd be holding you close to me with strings you do adore. Here's one. If you could leave me, each little dream would take wings and my life would be through. Love me forever and make all my dreams come true. Oh, well, it's, you, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. Oh, well, the reason for the ear twisting is quite interesting. Changes when I was very young, I... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no light in here. You see, I have a terrible fear of light. Masdephobia, they call it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I... I... Oh, no. Come on, Simon. You better up, better up. Oh, no. Otis. Who is he? I know you're in there. I trust you down. Well, goodbye, dear. Call him, will you? His name's Loveloon. You better up, Simon. Will I see you again? Uh, not if you don't call him. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yes. Now look, I don't uh, trust you. Come in. Well, I don't trust Come Dick Powell will be back in a moment. And now once more, here's your Rexall family druggist. In a recent nationwide survey, American mothers agreed that every family medicine cabinet should contain a reliable all-round mouthwash, gargle, and dress deodorant. And millions of homemakers choose Rexall MI-31 to fill that need. First test MI-31 kills contacted germs in a few seconds, yet will not harm delicate membranes of the mouth and throat. Ask for Rexall MI-31 at Rexall drugstores everywhere. And remember, you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. This is our first show in our new series, the Rexall Drug Company. We want to thank you and the 10,000 independent Rexall druggists for making it possible. Good night. Hiya, beautiful. Get lost, Bristlepuss. You need a shave. But I have shaved. What else do you want me to do? Silly boy, she wants you to go stag. Go stag? But why? Because Stag is Rexall's exclusive line of men's good grooming aid. Like Stag brushless shave cream. No fuss, no massage, just smooth it on and presto, you get a clean, close shave. Your face stays smooth and whiskerless all day long. I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll go Stag. That's it. Join the Stag line now at Rexall drugstores everywhere. Yes, to make girls care. 
This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series. Oh, and a Madam's Wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. Uh, this is one of those episodes where it's best really not to judge how the series is going to go based on it. The sound quality, I think, is a is a uh, is a bit of a factor. Uh, Ted DeCorsia doesn't do a whole lot as Lieutenant Levinson, but he's a very good actor. We heard him as Inspector Peter Black, and we're going to hear him soon as Mike Hammer. So somebody who can play both a Scotland Yard Inspector and Mike Hammer, he's got some uh, good radio acting talent, and I'm sure that will come out as the show come on. Uh, show goes on, just wasn't a whole lot for him to do in this episode. Uh, the song that uh, Diamond sang is actually one of the really great standards of the era. I listen to a lot of uh, variety programs from this time, and you wouldn't believe how many times uh, that particular song is sung. And uh, he does a good job with it, uh, Otis's is a little more interesting, shall we say. Now we turn to listener comments and feedback, and Lori writes in, regarding the episode Who Shot the Messenger, I thought this one was clever. The back and forth between Diamond and Otis was really funny. I also noted in the credit they said Virginia Del Valle. I'd forgotten who she was married to. Keep up the good work, Adam. You keep me sane on my commute. Well, I am so glad to help Lori, and thanks so much for listening. Uh, all right, well, that will do it for today. Uh, join us back here tomorrow for Boston Blackie, and then next Wednesday, another episode of Richard Diamond. And remember, a week from Tuesday, we're going to revisit Jeff Regan. So uh, uh, be sure and listen then. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.